Welcome to Just a Ride 85. Hello. <laughs> I'm the Pooh. I'm the, what am I, Peebaugh? You're Peebaugh. He's, he, he's the Poobah. Yeah, he's the Poobah. And he's not here. He's in Seattle. Yes, he is. But you're going to hear from him later, that being the Poobah, Shaden. Mm-hmm. We're kind of doing a different thing because we had to this week. And it, it's a cool opportunity, I think. We're going to, kind of from our own perspectives, you and I, mm-hmm. Waifuru, mm-hmm. and then Shaden has his own perspective, which we haven't heard yet. Right. On kind of a, not a survival guide in a sense, like, we all know what we're talking about, but like... If we did have the reasonableness party, right, and it does have some foundational things, mm-hmm. what are they, right? And can that help us in the political cycle? Since the reasonableness party is not going to win anything, <laughs> but maybe it can help us look at the world a little different, mm-hmm. and maybe, hey guys, we should recruit people though. Let's recruit as many <laughs> as we can from this thing. Like you're sick of it too? Come on, let's figure it out. Right. But what are we? What are we doing in the reasonableness party? Mm-hmm. So the idea is we're starting from scratch looking at all the crap that's occurred over the last however many hundreds of years and thousands of years that we've been doing government. Right. Going, all right, what works, what doesn't work? Mm -hmm. What makes for human flourishing so far the best? Mm -hmm. And this is like, I think the reasonableness party, like a founding tenant would be open to having evidence sway us in ways that are, that stick with our principles Uh if things can be better. So, I mean, just because human beings have capitalism and socialism and communism and these other isms and that doesn't mean that that's the peak. Doesn't mean that's the only way. Yeah. 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 So I kind of want to start by saying what a weird time to not be informed. It's a dangerous time, I think, to not be informed about reality. Mm -hmm. Like politics does technically mean many blood-sucking insects (laughs) but it also kind of means in the context of this it's just life Mm -hmm. like politics is around all of our lives it touches everything Mm -hmm. you know it's like i want to be left alone it's like yeah but they influence the money they influence the power bill you know maybe they shouldn't and they probably definitely shouldn't but they are influential they might ask for your sons or daughters to go fight Mm -hmm. they definitely want a big chunk of your money or you know they might give you some money back too but I think it's a good idea to kind of talk first principles with the reasonableness party just yeah. for a little bit. Right. Okay. I'm going to bloviate you and can... I hope, I hope you'll bloviate and you're, you're starting to feel a lot better. You got the spark back in your eyes. Yes. I'm finally, finally improving. I mean, I've still got the physical stuff, but this, uh, I, I don't have the, the brain fog that I had that was so intense. I didn't even know what planet I was on for almost a week. Yeah. That was rough. Yeah. It was rough. It was, I, there's no way I, c- I couldn't even answer basic questions. I just sat there and drooled on myself. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't fun. We went through a little bit of pooey hoo. But why don't we move right on to the to the bulk of this thing? Sounds good. Now let's talk about the dumb cunts in the government with some dumb cunts, reasonable party style. <laughs> so, first principles. First principle number one: it's on the card. Care for what you think is true. Yeah. And I think that's by far the most important thing that you can do just in general in your life. For, mm-hmm. That's what I thought for me. If I wanted to partake in conversations, it's like, what do these, what do these people need? What do I need to make a good mm-hmm. conversation? And it's like, well, define terms and care for what you think is true. Right. Kind of the important things there. If you're trying to learn or come to a solution, if you just like to talk mm-hmm. or yell. Well, elaborate on that just a little bit before we move on to the next point, if you would. Care, uh, care for what you think is true. 
under those under the circumstances of what conversation when it just comes to political conversation really when you speak you know if you're mm -hmm. offering something opinions are really not very valid right They're not, so speak when you have fact or if it if it the things jive with your moral principles okay uh and can be proven yeah it has to be you have to be able to prove it i wouldn't be able to speak on any spirituality if that's the case i, I i'm not sure that and that's why i was asking you know because exploring exploring things is important i do care if what i think is true the idea is to not take giant leaps mm. you know mm -hmm. we're in faith in religion and stuff taking leaps of faith is it can be dangerous mm -hmm. depending on what religion but generally it's not it's more a personal thing and mm -hmm. so those kind of things okay good we all kind of do that that's kind of a human thing okay but when we're talking about the budget it's like well <laughs> right? what is the budget there's very little spirituality in the yeah. budget right what, what happened to where why the budget is the way it is right when we're talking about war and shit it's mm -hmm. like what caused all this who's benefiting from this who has to go fight and why surprisingly or not most wars do have a spiritual base. Yeah. Oh, man. A religious base, anyways. Government's a religion and religion's a religion. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that take power and want to take land and mm -hmm. make people be the way they want them to be. Right. We're really stupid, stupid creatures. I mean, <laughs> I love I love how smart some of the human beings on Earth have been. It's mm -hmm. like, wow, you guys are so much smarter than the rest of us. Fuck, yeah. Well, you know. But they also cause trouble. As, um... As, Let's build a bomb. <laughs> as I'm perusing articles and doing research, because I do spend a lot of time online researching topics for the show that you and I do, The Dipshit Files, um, as I'm going through, I do come across articles that don't pertain, often don't pertain to what I'm researching. And I will peruse them, I'll look through them, and oftentimes um, the, the articles that I read, especially if they're like op-eds, there's comments down below. Um, people that want, they have something to say about the article. Mm -hmm. And I can oftentimes get, go through comments on a, on a political article. Everything is political nowadays, but <laughs> unfortunately. That's life, but yeah. um, I can look through the, I look through the comments and I will find myself uh, completely disappointed a lot of the time. It is just too much. And sometimes I'll stop reading. But there are times when I'm, and I don't stand on either side, since they only give us two options. Yeah. I don't stand on either. Baskin I, and Robbins gives us thirty-one. What I the fuck? <laughs> I don't. I don't stand on on either side. But I do find little nuggets of light in the comments quite often, and we do live in a country with adults. Hmm. Some of us, some of the people that we that live around us are adults. Yeah. And they think like adults. They're rational and they're logical, um, you know. And and they they they're not psychos. And right. They're not so hell bent that they're so correct that they will absolutely, you know. You have no right to speak because you're not speaking the words I chose for you. Dangerous times. Exactly. And, and history's riddled with that shit. Yes. And it's not like we're better than our ancestors mm -mm, in by mm -mm. any stretch. And I'm not saying that it's one side. It's, it seems like everyone, I, I'm speaking in broad terms here and I don't mean to, it seems as if the majority of people that I run across online that are speaking about politics, uh, economics, uh, and you name it, 
the the medical system any of these things that seems like everything is politically driven nowadays which anything that's big money is well, going to have it's Senate. it's strange to me side note uh, forgive me i'm not feeling well so my brain's all over the place it's a ride still remember yeah but uh first of all i was born in 73 and uh during the period of time where I, I grew up, I was a child, I was, you know, middle school, I was in high school, I was a young adult. Politics wasn't in everything. No. It wasn't. Democrats and Republicans were a lot more similar yeah. with each other. And it seems that, I mean, when, when I was in the sixth grade, I started learning about um, the, our government. Hmm. During that and I was going to Catholic school at the time and I had to do a research project on the presidential election and It was a long project with a, a report that had to be submitted and they were teaching us during that period of time about rhetoric uh, How to speak in public and how to use words effectively uh, and on our comparison was listening to the presidential candidates, which were Ronald Reagan and Walter Mondale. Kind of lets uh, you know where yeah. how old I am. And that was the lesson that I was learning Nancy. Sorry. in the sixth grade. And so um, that's where I was introduced to politics, was Ronald Reagan and Walter Mondale. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't hear anything. Um, as time went on, I didn't hear anything as far as politics were concerned for a long period of time and it's not that I wasn't looking I was going about my life and I was able to have conversations with individuals that didn't have to do with you know this any guy. any of the topics people are obsessed with right now right. and uh, judge you for your decisions or the words that you use and so I find it I guess I find it quite interesting the difference just in the past like five to seven years civility is gone very much so when so you stop talking there's only other a couple options we've discussed that here before right. it's like fighting is definitely one of the options when you stop communicating and start respect stop respecting each other well if you think about it as a, a relationship just let's bring it down to the fundamentals the foundation uh living in a country in a society it's a relationship with the people that you're surrounded by you are part of a relationship and if you drill it down to the fundamentals take it to a relationship roommates or a marital couple because mm -hmm. of the tight bond right uh, the contract that you have with this other person in a marriage the moment you stop communicating with your spouse the moment you stop seeing eye to eye and you stop talking about things to uh, problem solve, it's the end. Mm -hmm. uh, because then resentment starts settling in and distrust and uh, paranoia. Mm -hmm. So all of those things, and it's over at that point. You're not solving anything mm -mm, anymore. The mm -mm. goal isn't to solve things. Like no, how, do you, how do you persuade someone by calling them a, an asshole or some derogatory name and, right. and dehumanizing them? Like how do you... It, put you know apply it to a, a relationship mm -hmm. it, it doesn't work you no, can't yeah. you can't scream obscenities at your partner and demean their intelligence mm -hmm. and but partners can move away <clears throat> and that kind of stuff right. these are neighbors right. these are people that's communities and stuff so it's very difficult when you have especially in a country like this where again 31 flavors is good 
Mm-hmm. You know, not one, vanilla doesn't have all the power, mm-hmm. and villain, vanilla and chocolate don't have the power. In our system, with 360, 380, who knows how many millions of people at this point we have mm-hmm. in this country, to have two parties, mm-hmm. knowing that fascism and, and communism and, and some of the versions of socialism are very strict one-party systems, mm-hmm. where it's like, we don't have fucking elections, fuck you. Two is not better than one by a lot. I mean, it is on, on paper, I guess, but it's, mm-hmm. it's we're really silly with that. Mm-hmm. and. It's a weird system that's made it so there's only two parties. Like mm-hmm. these are two corporations that work together, right. the RNC and the DNC, and they <laughs> they they skirt around our laws where it's only sixty six hundred dollars. I can only give sixty six hundred dollars to the candidate of my choice, mm-hmm. but you can give a super PAC a hundred million dollars, and those are the people that are buying the ads and all this stuff. So these corporations have it in their best interest to have the right and the left debating and fighting and being the way they are and zero other parties mm-hmm. and in this country people are like if if that fucking that third party guy comes out he's gonna steal votes from my team mm-hmm. and that's gonna give us this awful thing here and it's mm-hmm. like yeah but there's if we had 60 political parties mm-hmm. that means nobody would have any power yeah. that means the the team that gets 13 percent is gonna win mm-hmm. And then they can't really do anything. They can't take their stupid ideas and be like, I'm going to fix everything. Oh, whoops. Mm-hmm. Whoopsie. Right. I'm going to go over here now. It's very strange that we don't, like fundamentally everything is so strange and so askewed. It's like mm-hmm. we put Band-Aids on cancer over and over again because we haven't fixed the fundamentals of the deal. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Did I, I probably talked over a point you were trying no, to make. No, I think, I think the, the point that I was making is, in a nutshell, it feels like we're, in um, a, it feels like we're living in a society of turmoil right now. It feels like everyone has lost their minds. It feels like nobody can see reason and logic. Nobody ha- can have a conversation. It feels that way. Well, the, but the, what I'm, but what I, what the point I was trying to make is, there are a bunch of individuals, a fuck ton of individuals out there publicly that feel the same way. Oh yeah, and they are rational. They are logical. Mm-hmm. They are open to co- conversation. They are open to discourse. And even individuals that don't on their face appear to be open to conversation, once you get face to face with these individuals and you start having a conversation, you find that the rational, logical person in there comes right to the surface. Yeah. Most so, of us, mo- I agree. Most of us have so much in common. Mm-hmm. The, the, the right and the left in the United States throughout the history of, the, of those parties, they're mm-hmm. both very liberal parties mm-hmm. in, in the sense that we've talked about here before. The free free trade, uh, rights of the individual, the, the left and the right were both very much about that. And they I were debating know. on how that would go. Right. The shift has become, a, not the shift, but the extremes of both parties mm-hmm. have just spread apart. Right. One is absolutely not liberal anymore, and mm-hmm. they have their, their arguments for that. Another one kind of leads more towards a kind of religious version of mm-hmm. and, uh, liberalism, I guess, but that liberalism was kind of a rejection a bit mm-hmm. of totalitarian in general, and religion was the totalitarian at the time, right. and a king and stuff. But I'm almost for a king at this point. It's like, we should have a king with zero power of America, and just give him a fucking hat, and give him a parade, and be like, he's our leader, let's fight for our king, but let's not fight, because he doesn't have any power. You know, I, I can't wrap my mind around that concept. I know. I just I know, can't. I know. That's against everything we were taught. It's like, the United States was based on getting away from the tyranny of the king and stuff like that. I agree. But I don't want a big party of kings. I just want, like, one guy. And we just go, like, look at them. Look at that family. Why do we need one guy? 
I think humans really, really need a hierarchy system. So they there just, could be a gal, too. So they just need a human it's, that that wears a title that has no power. I prefer it to that be... That makes no sense. I know. I'd prefer it to be uh, anarchy through rational reasons <laughs> and self... <laughs> you know, taking responsibility for thyself to make yourself better for your neighbor. Like, I'll take care of me, you take care of you, and that will all make us better. That'd well, be good. I, I mean, I could... I'll take care of me for you, you take care of you for me, kind of thing, right? I appreciate that, that concept. Um, I mean, as an example, here locally we take care of our neighbors Mm -hmm. and our neighbors take care of us that is just and it's not because that's what the law says it's because that is how our small little community works it's very i don't know i find it heartwarming because i have extra eggs as an example and i'll take eggs over to the neighbor Mm -hmm. uh, because we have extra and i know that they would probably enjoy some and then you know, after some time, I realized, well, gosh, I forgot to take the trash out. And I go out there to take out the garbage, and our neighbor has taken it out when they took theirs out. Those are the things that, that that's how you build a, a community, mm-hmm. by giving mm-hmm. and by being uh, honorable and being, I don't know, uh, kind. The more we know our neighbors, the more human solidarity we generally right, have. So right. it's good to meet. And I know and I've railed on our neighbors uh, from, <laughs> we have time, a ones that are from weird. time to time. They think we're weird too. You know, and there are some of our neighbors that I don't know very well. Actually, the ones that have been a challenge aren't around anymore. They have moved on. Monique ate, ate them. With I, I, fire. I ate them. Yeah. She fired them. <laughs> but um, I, I don't know. It seems to me that part of the challenges that we're facing is our lack of community yeah. and and it's not that it's a lack of shared values yeah the country is just that's what i mean by the right and the left we've, we've decided that the united states and its founding kind of vibe the thing that brought mm-hmm. all the, the people to this country over right. a couple hundred years it's not we don't want that anymore some people definitely do they want the west to continue to be a liberal place but there's a shift and you know we look at technology and like well we're a better generation now and things are different we have to evolve these things these rights don't count anymore because this exists and da 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 and so it's up in the air and that's why it's wait a minute what rights don't count anymore well you talk about you listen to people that that talk about the second amendment Mm -hmm. like this was written for muskets and then you with that logic it's like well the first amendment should it cover the internet because that wasn't they didn't even have any idea that that was going to happen but then you know if you look at the basic principles where it's like do i have the right to protect myself with some means that are up there with the military Mm -hmm. i don't need a nuclear weapon and shit but some people would argue it's like well second amendment i got a nuclear weapon well the the second amendment wasn't forgive me if i'm incorrect but my interpretation of the second amendment i know what it says but my interpretation was the concept behind the second amendment was just to ensure that the common man had a weaponry equal to the military. Yep. Okay. It was for so mi- that, militias, which are not the national guard, and right, which right, are not right. any part of the government. They're out extra outside of the government that can work for the government if needed or against right. organized so citizens. That it basically it ensured a balance of power. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. That's what I thought the second amendment was. Yeah. It's not okay. for hunting. That's for sure. Right. And it's okay. Not for, yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> And that's, you know, if you were to take that away, a lot of people would say, like, even our president has said, well, if you want to fight the government, you need a, an F-16, Jack. And it's like, no, 
what are you talking about? The Vietnam War was uh, was fought for you know quite a long time when we had the the technology of those F-16s, uh, and they had tunnels uh-huh. and a will to protect their homeland. And you can look all over the world in the United States. You af- ask the soldiers in, Af- in ask our former soldiers that were in Afghanistan mm, mm-hmm. how easy that shit was mm-hmm. like urban warfare is ridiculous <laughs> yeah urban warfare is you get one sniper up in a fucking you yeah. know, f- a few floors and you need nine ten guys to clear that building that's just the way it is right so to take a city like I remember when they were talking about Baghdad and Tehran way back in the day yep. after 9-11 it's like you need millions of guys to clear a city of millions of people that's insane that you're thinking of that and these are generals coming out like yeah we need nine guys per one <laughs> there's gonna be more than one in there too so right I mean our soldiers have been through urban warfare is absolutely fucking hell yeah from what I can see I have no fucking idea what I'm talking about but it would be terrifying mm-hmm. I'm not sure anyway uh, so let's go back to the fundamental stuff here so that would be a fundamental, by the way. Like, do you own your body? If you own your body, which I think the, the reasonable party, you own your body. So Absolutely. You have the right, yeah. So you have the right to defend it. You have the right to put whatever you want in it, uh-huh. to harm it or not. Right. You can do whatever you want with your body as long as it doesn't infringe upon the rights Somebody of other people. Somebody else's body. Yeah. yeah. Your rights extend to how far you can punch without hitting somebody kind of thing. Right. Uh, but weaponry would be a thing. It's like, well, what should the world have over me? I mean, <laughs> nuclear weapons are, are a weird thing that you can talk about because normal people aren't just going to invent them and they're not going to have the ability to have right, them. Right, right. They probably shouldn't be around, but regardless. Here we are. Yeah. Here we are. But when it comes to actually weapons of, of you know, a military versus a citizenry, they want, the, the founders were clear. They like, keep it as close to whatever the military's got as you can. Right. You know, and then there's been debates over it for a long time. I mean, uh, I think it was Thomas Jefferson got a letter one time and he's like from a guy he's like well does the second amendment mean i can have a cannon <laughs> and then he was like yeah it does. go get yourself a cannon bro <laughs> so right or wrong humans are pretty goofy huh but it's really just something that we agree on mm. that we have rights because as reasonable as parties we have to be reasonable it's like rights where do they come from a lot of people would say they come from your creator and that's not good enough for a lot of people on this earth because it depends mm. on the creator it depends on whatever right but where do your rights come from? It's kind of a mutual agreement, like that we were born on this earth and you are just given the right to life, the right to your body. Uh-huh. That's how we think in a, in a liberal, for lack of a better term, society. And that's really hard to enforce that. Your, your rights are about as far as you can enforce them. That's why the Second Amendment. It's right. Like you can you can have the First Amendment until they say you can't. Mm-hmm. And then if you, you want to sec- keep it, you, you use, use the Second, second Amendment. Amendment. Yeah. Right. It's just how fucked up as creatures we are, and it's the best we could do, I guess. Mm-hmm. But we have to recognize as a reasonable party, <laughs> our fake party. Right, our that, fake party. <laughs> that rights are bullshit. Mm. They're privileges when you have government. Mm-hmm. You know, the Constitution of the United States isn't, the, the Bill of Rights is not the government saying, you're allowed to have guns, you're allowed to talk on our building premises. It's us as the people and the founders saying, you're not allowed to do these government. So it's a declaration of the people to the government. Right. You can't infringe upon these natural or God-given rights. Mm-hmm. So it's really like, we're telling you this is real. Mm-hmm. And don't you dare. But our governments uh, and the governments around the world are like, yeah, but it's not really real, is it? Because yeah. if we scare you enough, you'll fucking, you'll bend. Yeah. So they're just privileges. Mm-hmm. So what we want is a very ineffective government domestically on pushing their force around. Domestically. If, domestically. Right. If we want a 
super strong defense. We don't want a military that's just going out and fucking fighting wars because they want to. We want a really good defense. Mm-hmm. So if anybody comes here, the moral thing to do is defend yourself, and we want to whoop ass and win. Right. But we don't want to go around the world and fight other people's battles and start battles and all that shit. Right. Like that's definitely a reasonable party thing. We're not war hawks. I was going to say that chicken hawks. That just sounds like you know the the gossipy little bitch in high school that nobody really likes. She'd just walk around and be like, oh well, so. So and so said this, and so and so, and she'd, Bomb she'd start fights between people, and yeah. you know, yeah. poke at people, and say, "Well, I'm sorry," but and go to another group and be like, "You, you can't be doing that because <laughs> that is not how we do things in this school." Right? You know, that's so. And nobody liked her, <sighs> and we all had one. Come on, now we all know that bitch. <laughs> and now they work for the or that asshole. Actually, it was mostly a bitch at my high school. It was only one. That I remember. Oh, there's a lot of Eddie Haskell folk out there in, the, in the boy world, too. Eddie, I was going to say, Eddie Haskell has a different approach True. than the bossy bitch. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> but to his peers, he was like, fuck, I'll kick your ass. You know, yeah, maybe. But I'm that's not like a... from Leave it the Beaver from my, my dad's generation. Right. So a lot of the listeners are like, I, fucking, like I could not watch that. I tried. I tried. I watched like 10 <laughs> seconds and was so cheesed out. I was cheesed out when I was a kid and same, I watched it. Same. Yeah. I know. My parents were like, this was good stuff. I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I don't like that. Feels kid, like yeah. humans have changed a bit since then. And that's how the kids look at our stuff. Yeah. They'll listen to like whatever I like, Metallica from whatever. And they're like, right. they just hear like that old music that we heard. Like, right. Okay. Well, I remember, I remember looking at Mr. Cleaver thinking my dad never talked like that. My dad doesn't smoke a pipe. My dad did smoke a pipe. My, my dad has, I've never seen my dad in a suit ever. So you know, as a kid, lived in a suit. My mother was never like that. Shit, my dad was Ward. <laughs> was your dad was Ward Cleaver? Kinda. I mean, he wore a suit every fucking day of his life, and he smoked a pipe when he came home if he wasn't chain smoking. Oh, that's so funny. I'm yeah. trying to think who who who. I have no idea who my parents were emulating. Oh, fucking Easy Rider for sure. <laughs> they were they were like Easy Rider is my jam. Yeah. Let's do drugs and ride bikes and fuck in the woods. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Let's, probably. So your rights aren't really rights. I'm sorry. And you'll find this out if you ever look into it five seconds on Google. You'll be like, oh, wow, you really can't claim right. rights. I mean, only if, they, oh, if Jesus came down and was like, stop it, <laughs> then it would be like, well, they're God given. Right. But I like the I like the idea of, you know, you're born on this earth and we all understand that person has a right to flourish the best they can. And as long as they don't go out of their way to hurt anybody... let them do it Mm -hmm. get out of their fucking way or help them the best you can well if a ruling party or a government body is able to give you something and then take it away from you give and then take it away it's not a right that's right and every government in the in the world that doesn't have a bill of rights yeah is just doing that right they're just saying you have this until we say not until an emergency until you're in danger and we need to protect you and take away your rights that's just it we have a bill of rights and it's happened here so it's make-believe shit. Right. That's why I always talk about government being religion. It's like I get it, guys. You feel like it must. We ha- how do we build fucking roads? <laughs> and it's like, well, that's so funny. That that's always. Why is that always the argument? That's terrible. It's, it's the worst always argument. the argument. People cling to but stuff. Roads, though. People would would rather their ideas be right than their kids be happy. In a lot of cases, you just look around the world. They're like, I like my ideas better than my kids. You can see it. <laughs> Right. Like people that don't care what they think is true, oftentimes will just sacrifice everything to make sure that they feel right. All right. 
So roads aren't my a thing. my brain is going on. My ba- brain went off on a tangent about how roads would get built if government didn't exist. Dude, I and would go like, build a road tomorrow if we like need a road. Thirty examples of large corporations that need the road for their import. They I, would buy. They would hire the construction company to build the road. I know eighteen dudes in construction yeah. work that that are fucking badasses that would have you a road in ten seconds for cheaper. <laughs> fucking, a, if we paid for our infrastructure like we did Netflix or something, right? That's what it would be. It'd be like ten bucks a month for this cool bridge and these roads that light up like video games. So we don't all die when we right. drive in the snow and all the shit. It's like. We could do that, but instead we got government, and they're like, it's $800 for a hammer now. <laughs> Sorry. We're real good at spending your money. I'm going to go eat some lobster you guys paid for. <laughs> it's fucking, that's the world we live in, because we allow delusions and the the oldest, stupidest religion, which is government, to just be a central focus in our lives. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Sorry, a, I derailed no, you, No, it's perfect. I? It's an, here's another part, I think, a fundamental thing of the Reasonableist Party. Okay. And another way to look at politics as kind of a survival guide. I don't know how any of us can survive this, but <laughs> understanding that we have moral taste buds. Like, I, you and I, if we put all of our, our group of friends into a room, they have different, for lack of a better term, archetypes. Okay. Which means they have different priorities in their lives that they put first. You know, okay. some people might be more some it's weird because we perceive each other with a lot of negative stuff. If somebody's very motivated for themselves and blah, 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 we're like, what a selfish cunt. Right. They're because, perceived as selfish because you might be very altruistic and very egalitarian where you're like, I just I want to fucking share all this shit. And nobody succeeds unless we all succeed. Mm-hmm. And to, to that person over there, that's like, no, I want to cooperate with a bunch of go getters and we want to fucking just roll and we're going to make everything better. And that's how we get an iPhone or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just random thing. These different moral taste buds are kind of biological. You're, you're born kind of an individualist, a rugged individual, or an altruistic, collectivist-type person. You're kind of born that way. You know, like, I want to see the tribe win. Or, and you're like, I just need to go here. I'm afraid of you people. There's, those are legitimate ways to be alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good to have... Is there more than those two things? Very much so more. Okay. It's a, I would say it's a spectrum, for sure, okay. of people. So maybe, say, let's say 60 archetypes of different people, where their moral priorities are different. And we, you can see it. Once you think about that, you can see it when you see people on the left and people on the right. Their moral priorities are different. The moral priorities on the right in a perfect world that's just about small government or whatever, mm-hmm. they're looking and they're saying human society can flourish best if humans are left to their own rational self-interest. Mm-hmm. They're, them trying to make money for their family, friends, and community will raise the communities around them and it will blah, blah, blah. Right. That's, you know, that's capitalism, laissez-faire, in a sense, uh, kind of liberalism. That's what they believe there. You know, on the far left, it's anytime, anytime you bring government, and you're like, we can solve it with government. Take some money from the rich cunts and let's solve it with us. We got ideas. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Whenever you have more and more of that, that's a, just a biological, like, let's work together. We can do this. We're very smart. These people need our help. Mm-hmm. We must fight for those that cannot fight for themselves. I'm a goddamn Batman. You know, that's the, no offense to you, Batmans, but that's what I get from it because of my personality. Mm-hmm. I'm like very much, I, th- I think that free enterprise has raised the sh- the bar very high for human beings. We're living in a system where just a semblance mm-hmm. of free trade and people allow allowed to keep the things that they make and, and create and whatever and benefit from it. 
just a little bit of that in human history has given us rocket ships, computers, mm-hmm. and satellites. You know, something that I find I find interesting about myself, and this is just from me personally, is that in a work environment or in a career, I work best. the 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 climate that I work best in is is for people to point me in a direction. If I'm getting a new job, point me in the direction, give me the basic training, and mm. just leave me alone. Trust in your skills. Yes. And leave, trust you'll get the job Leave done, me yeah. alone. The proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the numbers at the end of the day. And there's some people that are like, we have to bird dog them. We and, need to be on them. And, and some people need that, too. And I, and I'm, I know. I'm yeah. just not one of those people. Right. And one way to either make me quit or tell you to fuck off is to be up my ass about a job that I have proven to be good at same yeah so you know not that i'm very good at anything well i'm just saying i'm still waiting for the proof on that that i think that is an example of i i don't even know my archetype i guess so even in society i want to be left just leave me alone those are your moral proclivities there's nothing immoral about you that's the main point of this like you have a different viewpoint than people that really want government to solve things and really want to tax people and that's how we make it fair you have but you're not less moral than they are uh-uh. that's the problem is when people get really and i'm not more moral than they are either that's right i mean i'm, I'm not for, for people that are in the world that have those moral taste buds you're right. you're absolutely right on the money right. and for people that are you know have a very different set of taste buds mm-hmm. that are very much about collectivism they look at you as a fucking pariah and they'll call you a bunch of names and that's that's really what's happening but see that's and i i understand that they're sure. they're incorrect i know um, we're, we're all kind of incorrect about they're each they're other incorrect about their assumption about me because i'm also the first person to give uh help the neighbors out fix their car or you know give them food if they need something or drive them to the doctor's office if they need a, a you know, a ride somewhere. But you can see how it's hard for them to empathize with your position and to see that and to give you, a lot of people don't give people the best. We don't assume the best on people. Well, that, and that's a challenge that I face because then I wonder when I look at them, how would you, re- how do you act? You know, if you automatically assume that out of me, I do this because I want to. I do this because it's the right thing to do. Do you require laws to tell you to do that? Do you require a God to tell you how to be? Or do you just make choices on your own? <laughs> do you do the right thing because it's right? Or because, you know, you're you're in fear of eternal damnation? Right. Big difference. Right. Big moral difference to me and my taste buds. Sorry, I totally went off. I love it. That's what Forgive we're doing. Forgive me. I'm not feeling well. <laughs> no, I think, I think that demonstrated the taste buds better than I did by a lot. But I think that hopefully that makes sense to you guys, where the whole world is filled with a bunch of different people that think very differently, but they're still moral. Just because you don't understand their side doesn't mean that they're out to get us. Most mm-hmm. people are generally like, I want my family to succeed. All and, of, I think all humans, of that. yeah, all right. humans want the best for their loved ones. What we need to worry about is <coughs> psychopaths and sociopaths who want to be in charge, getting in charge and mm-hmm. doing their bad ideas because it's not because government's just meant to grow and be a force in the world. Mm-hmm. And once people get a hold of that, they grow with it. Mm-hmm. It's it's so dangerous, and it's what history has taught us. Right. Besides, history's not history's taught me that we don't learn from history, and that's and that's the direct quote from some guy. I didn't even learn that. I just <laughs> read that and was like, that sounds right. Right. But okay. 
So the taste buds thing, I think, is super important as that's you're looking very, at this. That's very interesting. And care for what you yeah. think is true as we well, discuss. And remember, yeah, there there moral proclivities. If you if you find that you disagree with somebody on a political uh, compass, understand that their moral uh, proclivities mm-hmm. are just different than yours. It is that. But they Good. still want to feed their family. Mm-hmm. They still love their kids. They, they would still, still help you if yes. you needed it. If you were on the street, most people, most people will go out of their way. I mean, I get it. We watch YouTube and we watch CCTV yeah, on X a, or some shit. That's the worst. What that is, is entertainment of the value of the worst of the worst out there. It is. And, and because it's so widespread and in our face, we think that's the world around us. And it is absolutely not the world around yeah. us. If you see a thousand of those, you're like, that's the world. Yeah. But it's like, no, there's 8 billion right. of us. We don't comprehend how big right. humanity is and how little all this crap is that we're doing. Yeah. Like the extremists, by the way, in this world, are a tiny, tiny mm-hmm. percentage of people. Yeah. The rest of us are like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what is going on? But we're quiet. Right. And that's a whole other different conversation. But okay, next thing, reasonableist party, everybody's going to be a hypocrite in their life. <laughs> but as a reasonableist, it's like, once you are... Don't be that one again. Right. Right. That's right. all we can kind of do. But really just in general, it's like try and live your values the best you can. Mm-hmm. Think one thing. I'm this kind of person, da, da, da. But know that the world only cares about how you act. Mm-hmm. They care about how you go about your business. Right. So live your, your values. Mm-hmm. Be the thing that you are in your mind or that you want to be in your mind by mm-hmm. doing the thing. It's like, who's a good man? How do I be a good man? How do I be a good woman? Be a good woman. Mm-hmm. Just go be one. Yeah. That's all you have to do. Live your values. So to me, the reason was party. There is no try. There is only do. <laughs> do or do not do. Fuck your face. <laughs> um, next thing. And we've already kind of touched on this. And I, I've, this is like my drumbeat. But be highly skeptical of people who want to be in charge. Mm-hmm. That, right away. Like when I talk about anarchy, it's not because I want to have the government go away in my lifetime. I, w- I mean, I would love that. But it's I would be afraid of what would come to replace it at this point right, with how right. we we have been kind of led away from thinking about what our founders thought of and mm-hmm. with some of the philosophy we're just like philosophy fuck off we right. don't need to think about those things uh so i would be i would be afraid it would just be another power vacuum filled with like warlord shit or something right right in this climate right, right. but what i want is people just to be super skeptical yeah so they, they say no more because we're just saying yep okay well that's government that's what government does but well, we should just sm- be like no you don't you shouldn't even be able to fucking build a road why are you building a road no yeah we just need to say no more right and so i think that if or <laughs> the more you question the more what i've discovered is the more you question somebody in a position of authority uh the more questions you provide and i learned this way early on in school uh in a bad way, actually. But the more you question a person of authority on issues or, or um, subjects that don't make any sense, mm-hmm. the way they react to your questions tells you a lot about who they are and why they're in the position that they're in. If you have an issue with something and you question authority and they hurt you because you questioned something that didn't make sense, that's that's that person should not be an authority that's another principle you can tell someone's wrong by the way they disagree (laughs) if you question if you question the bible and the reason i'm saying this is because this is where i learned this lesson if you question a book of the bible and a story in the bible and you get sent to the principal's office and paddled for the question 
there's something wrong there. We're all scientists until we're taught not to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, well, de- detectives until they tell you, don't you dare be a detective. <laughs> it was a lesson that I learned a long time ago. And, but if you question an authority figure because something doesn't make sense and they say, huh, I hadn't thought of it that way. Well, let's actually, let's talk about this. And that is something that um, my mother did with me, authority figure in my life. If I had a question about something, she was not the kind of person that would punish me for questioning ever. She always said, I didn't think of it that way. Well, let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. That is how authority should react to things. Mm -hmm. The challenge is we don't live in a society of uh, adult-minded folks. Right. Uh, Virtues are passe. You know. We just want what feels fucking good right now, baby. That's... It's not wise. No. Societies have done that so many times. Rome was a mighty culture. Yeah, but they, they did all sorts of fucked up shit. But by the end of they it, they were like, them, they reduced themselves know. to animalistic behavior. Mm-hmm. And where's the nuance? Where's the, you know, where's the intellect? Nihilism's kind of a thing. There's a little hint of nihilism in our culture that that's kind of in all of our stuff. <laughs> I mean, we like the bad guy too. I mean, I do too. It's just like, you know, Batman's not a good guy. Not really. He is a good guy. I'm sorry, guys. I know there's fans and stuff, but it's like, <laughs> he's a vigilante. In my mind, it's fucking fine, I guess. But, you know, it's a, it's the dark hero, not the hero we need, but or whatever it is. Not the hero we want, but the hero we fucking get. Whatever it is. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know my Batman okay. uh, gospels that well. Some other people will fill me in on, on Gordon's 1312 and <laughs> Alfred 7-4. Uh, Batman is it. I'm sorry. So another thing that I think is important for the Reasonable's Party and all of our brethren as we go towards the madness is to know first principles about the subjects that people are talking about, if you can. And it sounds like it'd be really tough, but it, it's generally not. If you look at some specific thing, what's the root of what they're doing? The foundation. Yeah, yeah, like when we talk about government, what is government? And I always say it's, it's a monopoly of force. That's really all it is. It's a bunch... A bunch of people that are supposedly trustworthy and the best of us, given the monopoly of force, given the power to do things that we as individuals or we in our groups and our societies can't do. We can't go fight a war or can't go kill a guy and we mm-hmm. can't take your shit. Mm-hmm. So that's fundamentally what it is. Fundamentally, you know, marijuana laws. It's really about your body and what you're allowed to do. Do I own my body or not? And they say, well, not here. Not in this, because we said no. Well, if there's ever a circumstance where you don't own your body, that means you don't own your body Correct. at all. Correct. That's really important to know. And that's, yeah. that's where you're getting to first principles, where it's like, well, where do I stand? Then that way you're not on shaky ground. Right. You're standing on fucking stone, then you, because you know. Right. You know you don't own your, bo- you don't own your body. Yeah. Or you, at the very least, it's like, I believe I own my body. Mm-hmm. And so there's your first principle. Does this infringe on what my belief that I own my body? Right. Well, fucking it does. And that's where, if you stand on your first principles, but it gets kind of wishy-washy in there too. I mean, you get into things like abortion where you're talking about potentially two bodies mm-hmm. and you get into that and it gets more deep, but you have to go first principles there or you just argue about nonsense. Right. And that's what we do. But we're not going to talk about that one. Another thing for the Reasonable's Party, when you're listening to these fucking jackholes talking about this and that, and I'm fixing this, and we did that, just do what econom- econom- do what eco-nerds do. <laughs> do what economists do, that I watched economists do. They say, compared to what? Mm-hmm. Compared to what? Right. Your, your plan, you, you're saying all these nice things, you put some nice graphs on. Compare that to what? Compare it to another country, compare it to the 
decades before that that you didn't put on the chart for mm -hmm. some reason compared to what? Yeah. Another question, if you're an economist, is to be like, and how much is it going to cost us all, you fucking <laughs> spendthrift, you spending motherfuckers? Right. Spendthrift, that's not what they're... Mm -mm. Uh, that's the, the opposite, It's actually. the opposite. I'm a dumb fuck. I'm always going to be that. Here's the one that, that might be weird for some people. I, I think at this point they get it for me, but a principle, I think, for the reasonableist party is to keep the smallest possible government at all times, period. Okay. Like, no nonsense departments... Like always, let the people cooperate without infringement and, a, and the threat of force. Uh -huh. Like the government really only needs to do a handful of things. Mm -hmm. You know, they they don't need to be doing the mail. Obviously, they did in the past, but now they don't need to. So there's no reason for that. Mm -hmm. uh, no offense to our USPS people, you guys do a good job, mm -hmm. but well, they don't need to. The market and and really they're screwing up the market because mm -hmm. the. the companies that are out there are competing with the government and it makes it very difficult for any competitors to come up and make it easier for the consumer to have better prices and you know right so there's less competitors in that field because they're competing with the government get it out mm. you know i'm a person that would say or i think, privatize it yeah yeah remove it from the government control and privatize it well it's already privatized but it's a skewed market right so I these market it. yeah these markets don't work when there's government uh I mean, the government cheats, basically. They're like, we'll take the people's money and we're going to compete against you. Our prices are lower than yours. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, you got a lot of forced customers, bro. Or, you right. Know, your funding's weird. But smallest possible government. Like, I'm not, a, I'm not a utopian person. I don't see human beings cooperating without government in, in my lifetime. I just, we're just too far into this stuff. Mm -hmm. But we can get less and less ridiculous about it. Like, we don't need the government to like well, what, are, what are lobsters do when they're high on acid and have sex let's do a 13 million dollar study on that because we're a government we can find out like that's going on mm -hmm. if if scientists were allowed to allocate the dollars in science it would be a lot cooler than when it's these strange people in government and bureaucracies and agencies and stuff that are mm -hmm. just like we think the lobster thing's pretty good <laughs> i mean we could probably spend that 13 million dollars on the cancer thing but there's a lot of money in cancer doesn't matter Whatever it is. Right. So if we remove government, we'll find that liberties make people better. Like, if you keep more of your money, you're going to do more charity. You know, the, it's just, these are all just on paper because societies haven't gotten very close to a, a place where humans were just allowed to cooperate. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's because we're scared and we've been told to be really scared of the people that are going to, in our country that are going to hurt us and out there that are going to hurt us and all this stuff. It's like, well, most of the people out there that are going to hurt us are from governments or warlord systems. So that's mm -hmm. already like, well, it's that dumb force thing again, that monopoly of force. But in our country, it's generally like there's lots of different philosophies to look at how we deal with our criminal element. Mm -hmm. And societies have been all over the place with how they do that mm -hmm. from from just public ridicule. If you steal or chopping off. I mean, it's mm -hmm. it should be localized. And you can let like in this country where we have 50 countries all put together. Right. It'd be interesting to see, I mean, just as a person from the 30,000 foot view, looking at Idaho, be like, well, they stone people and they have not had a crime in 16 years. <laughs> and then you go to another state and it's like, well, Vermont is a little less hard nose and it's on fire. You know, mm. not that Vermont would be that way. But uh, yeah, so I mean, it would be a competition of values and morality and, right. and in, a, in a world where we live in, where you can fly around the world and drive around the world and all that stuff. That's kind of cool. You can you can have your 31 flavors of morality and you can find a place that fits your archetype, perhaps. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just throwing you know, bullshit guess, at a bullshit I, wall. I guess 
my challenge in thinking of these concepts is uh, it goes back to the uh, the the, mor- the principles, the the morality of individuals, the flavor, whatever it might mm-hmm. be, their their flavor, their morality taste buds. Yeah, that's not How me either. You, that's a, a cool author I know, Jonathan Haidt. That's uh, it's interesting because how how do you operate in a system? Um, and I'm not talking about government here. I'm talking about just in a society, in a neighborhood, because that's all our society is. It's a massive, massive neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how do you operate in a neighborhood when you have neighbors that you don't agree with? You don't. You don't like it that they who knows that they have you know i don't know you talk whatever that's exactly it you talk to them you, but and you don't you, mock them you, you talk you in talk. good faith you steel man their arguments and go okay that's a good point there maybe. what what happens if you if they decide that they do not want to um they don't want to compromise with you well not everybody's morals are good what do you what do you do you know do you just if they attack you 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 defend yourself right but do you just allow and i'm going to use like loud music at 3 a.m as an example do you just allow them to even though you've gone over there you've had a conversation with them and i'm the reason i'm bringing this up is because how do you deal with individuals that they just refuse to understand your they 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 understand your platform they know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. They don't agree, mm-hmm. and they think they're right. That's the world, isn't it? Right. I mean, I, there's how not... do you how do you how do you cohabitate with individuals like that? One day on this show, I think we're probably going to talk about some of the alternatives to legal systems that exist in the world, because we're all kind of based on some interesting evolution of our laws uh, and how how people can kind of manage that the element in society that doesn't cooperate and whatnot right just through through most rational cooperation. most rational individuals even if they appear irrational in the beginning they're rational mm-hmm. once you talk to them and most rational individuals know what compromise is mm-hmm. and there is a semblance of compromise now whether it continues over time that's up for debate it's when those moral taste buds are so far out of whack from right. each other when, right. when your number one priority is their 100 priority and their number one is like evil to you or whatever like right. that's when we get where you need almost what we use now is police mm-hmm. and suing people mm-hmm. and it's like is that the necessary way to do that well it's it's what we know right but is there a better way that's the thing just because we haven't heard it before doesn't mean human right. beings have haven't been out there thinking about this shit there's some pretty cool ideas out there that we're just like no it mainly because the leaders that we have are very very happy with the system that we have well, of course it because they're leading. does it does great for them <laughs> they're leading so of course like i'm a it. new york times bestseller it's like has right. anyone ever read your book no it's in a <laughs> warehouse but they gave me the money i'm great i'm just those are the questions that i have you know and i i never want the government to come in and resolve an issue it's like mom coming in and resolving an issue with a sibling you know you just I was never allowed to have that anyways. I was his only child, but I had a cousin. And if we were arguing and we had a challenge in our relationship, my mom would always say, is there any, is anybody bleeding? Are there any broken bones? And we'd be like, no. And she's like, okay, then go resolve it yourself. That's such a great lesson. If there's blood or broken bones, then come to me and I'll take you to the doctor. But in the Mm. meantime, how much blood? She's like, and she, my mom says, I wasn't there for the argument. I'm not taking sides. I want you to resolve it on your own. Mm-hmm. And we did. 
for the most part, right? With and a little bit of resentment later on in life, but and each one of you were granted opportunities to get emotional maturity, right? By, by going by, through that, yeah. Well, we—that's the problem right now, in my view, is a lack of discipline to have emotional maturity, right. to have like an honest. I mean, you only strawman people you don't respect. But that's something that uh, is really interesting that I did want to bring up. I did want to bring that concept, the lack of respect. Mm -hmm. I have never in my life before five years, 10, seven years now, I don't even know how long it's been, but I've never before in my life seen grown adults scream in the faces of other adults while they're trying to talk. That's the kind of thing that I saw. Like that's the, the bratty kids in preschool did that. Yeah. You know, those were the kids that got in trouble because they were screaming over the top of other kids. Right. And, you know, it does cause this escalation. And I, I bring that up because I was blown away a handful of years ago when I saw an adult, several, many thousands at this point, tens of thousands yeah. at this point today that do that. And I'm not, I'm not talking about a political side here. I'm talking just general. I have no idea what side these people are on. I just know I get a video and they're screaming at each other. You can tell people are wrong by the way they disagree. But they're screaming at each other. They're both wrong. <coughs> Generally. Who knows? Right. It's yeah. very odd. Well, people yelling at each other over their ideas mm -hmm. is super old, obviously. Mm -hmm. If Twitter was around for any time in history, it would be, I think, identical to this. Really? Identical to this. Is, is that maybe why I've never really seen it? Because we didn't we, have the opportunity to have this stuff on video? Maybe? No, no, because they were doing it in Tammany Hall in New York way before. You know, it was just newspapers and fucking guys on the street being like, you're a cut! You know, it was bad. The, the criticisms of each other's political parties, not just in the United States, but all around the world. I mean, the English are just... They, they were pretty harsh at certain times and, and so between I'm, countries. That I'm just propaganda. uninformed when it comes to that then. We lived in America. You were raised during a time where the adults were very respectful with each other when it came to the discourse. You didn't know what your grandpa's pol political beliefs were or religious beliefs perhaps, or maybe it was like hardcore in your face. But it just was kind of, they didn't really, it, when it was time to talk about politics, they went to the place where politics were discussed and they got to business. Mm. But it wasn't done at the House. It, was, it wasn't done on national television in the same kind of way. You know, the debates that were on TV were much more intellectual just a few decades ago. Well, I remember that. The 90s weren't great, but it, well, the 80s were kind of weird too. But you go back 70s, 60s, 50s, you see like, holy fuck, these are some very intelligent people with rational discourse. That were they were on the same team. That's mm -hmm. the thing. This country is not on the same team because they're fighting for whose ideas are going to win, mm -hmm. and so the war's on. It's a kind of a cultural war, and that's why the yelling. But when you look at cultural wars, look at the Cultural Revolution in China. Mm -hmm. uh, this was a time where the government, run by Mao Zedong, turned the young people of the country on the teachers, on the parents, mm -hmm. and on a whole generation, on all the traditions. They called it the four olds. Right. olds. They got rid of everything old, uh, from the values of Confucius and the, Ta and the Tao and all these <clears throat> things mm -hmm. to anything like that, like f different kinds of cooking and shit. But the, the yelling was how it was done. Like they scared the fuck out of the population by having what they call struggle sessions. And these are, this is a part of a specific ideology. Struggle sessions are public shaming of the highest degree. 
like we did a black sheep this week that was mm-hmm. about struggle sessions. I didn't oh. mention it, but basically your friends and family and they'll bring in your mom and these strangers and shit. And they'll be like, you need to do what we fucking tell you. You're an embarrassment to yourself. And then you need to be like, I am an embarrassment. I am a bad boy, you know, and those struggle sessions, like everybody had to go through that. That's that popped their head up and was like, that's not right. They're like, Oh, it is. Oh, it is. And here's your mom to tell you how fucking stupid you've been your whole life. And mm. it's, very very fucked like it Yikes. it's a human hell if you're a certain kind of person like if you you're like i just want justice and peace you're fucked because it sucks like the stories of people that live through that are very much worth listening to because government gets out of control when it has the moral mandates for you when it's ready to tell you how to be, be a good person government will tell you it's like you guys are fucking weirdos you want to be in charge and you're banging your secretary and you're telling me how to be moral mm-hmm. and how to spend our money mm-hmm. okay then it's been like that in every fucking culture throughout history mm-hmm. it's people that want to be in charge like that i don't mean of your town or maybe even your town but I don't mean of your football team or of your fucking business or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean people that want to be in charge of the world. Of masses of the Of the big people. country, you know. <clears throat> you feel destined to be a part of it. That's, again, why I'd rather have a king. Because it's like, they were born into it. They're like, oh, really? I'm the what? It's <laughs> like, they're going to do a better job just because they don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, bring me the smartest people. But there's some danger in it, of course, too. Government's mm-hmm. just a bad idea. But I'd rather have a king that we just put up there and be like, look at that king or queen. Look at that royal family. They don't do anything. They leave us the fuck alone so we can do this stuff. And if, you know, there's still some rules and some law. I mean, there'll be plenty of laws and stuff, but uh, it won't be this monopoly of force that can just change with the wind. So anyway, that's my little utopian fantasy. King of America. Mm, And I'm not sure who it would be. We'd have to resurrect a a few people that would be worthy of King of America. I don't have a response to that. It's a dumb thing. Don't listen to me, folks. <laughs> I, I would prefer that we uh, we just reduce the size of government in this one because we have a pretty good... The West isn't an awful place to live. It's probably the best place to live that we can that we know of on this mm-hmm. earth. And uh, you know, I don't want to so, just throw that away because government is obviously a, a monopoly force and evil. But I do want to be skeptical of it more because we can ask more of it if we do that because right. like you said when you when you grew up it wasn't as much in our face it didn't seem to be but they were still assassinating presidents and destroying oh, countries around course. the world and starting all this bullshit so yeah. of course of but, course well let me ask you this what is uh, what is the benefit of a government good question the idea is that human beings looked at the masses and said you guys are crazy and can't be trusted and they looked at the crime and they looked at some of the depravity and shit and they said, this can't be. And so they said, well, let's put some of these people in charge and we'll try and mandate morality. We'll try and make it so that they don't kill and steal and rape and pillage and da da da. Mm-hmm. And so it's order, I think. But I think really government just fulfills a need for humans to have a hierarchy. We really, for some reason, just feel like hmm. there's got to be a dude in charge. Well, Stealing, killing, raping, and pillaging, that's just the police force that enforces that, Hmm. right? What do you mean? So, I mean, if if, if the problem is just killing, stealing, raping, and pillaging, Hmm. okay, of the common common folk doing those things, you just need, uh, we have the police force. Okay, I see what you're saying. So, like, what what can government do that's valuable that we can't do without government? Exactly. Okay. That, sorry, I, I worded no, it wrong. I just, I'm in my head. Uh, there's a few things that government probably does okay, 
because it's hard to you don't want to trust private companies especially in this modern system where they no, cheat and right. they, they you know uh prisons are one of those things where people are like i don't like private prisons because then they can hurt them they can turn them into slave labor they can uh you know experiment on them we don't know but you know if it was a if it, the government wasn't part of that system mm-hmm. and it was just us as customers being like we hire you guys to be the people that take care of the prisoners we can just audit them all the time be like well what are you doing in there show us your books you know if you're a company and your customers say show us we want to know the ingredients on the bottle and they're like no it's like well we're not buying from you then we're going to go to the company that is putting the ingredients on the bottle so we're not buying your prison so there's some value for people to have private prisons there because again government they're still they've experimented on our fucking like even more so you mm-hmm. know they have have had more reigns where they've abused prisoners and used them as slave labor and stuff so mm-hmm. government failed that one but that's one that people argue uh, my roads i feel like that's the dumbest argument of all is that right. we can't build a flat space with concrete uh we would, we would build racetrack we would build the safest roads in the world if we just paid for it like netflix in our town it's <laughs> like 10 bucks a month man it would change t- from town to town you for know sure. for because sure oh god yeah You'd have different roads in different towns, right? Well, there's an argument. There'd so there's an no, argument for the freeways. The freeways was right. the na- was the there'd national no, government. There'd be no continuity. You'd building be like, military well, tracks. These these aren't even lined, <laughs> right? Well, these are lined. Well, these don't even have lines. They have buttons, right? But it would become so inexpensive because again, five in a in a marketplace where people are just doing business with each other mm-hmm. to mutually benefit each other. There's no $800 hammers that get, you can't do that for very long before people are like, dude, right. You can't price gouge if you don't have some help right. if, or if, if it's an, unless it's an emergency, right. Then people, you see what they're made of. Okay. Another thing that I think the reasonless party should kind of fundamentally have is like, can we solve things with personal, with freedom over government? Like, can we just, Whatever this, the thing is, when people are saying, we need to do this, we need to hike the prices here, can we solve the issue by thinking harder mm-hmm. and thinking about, like, well, what can just normal people do? Can normal people solve this? Because almost everything normal people will solve. It's yeah. not going to be, the government's going to come in and mess it up. And then right. we're going to fix it later as the people that are closest to the problem and all that stuff. Right, right. So maximizing human liberty by, and flourishing by leaving people alone as much as possible mm-hmm. by letting the smart people of society and the moral people and the good people and the energized people fix the problems themselves and allow them to have, you know, we don't need this big government that takes half of some people's incomes or 30% or, you mm-hmm. know, constantly with these taxes all over the place. If more, if we were, if you just left your money, you would be more generous with it. I know people are that way. When you, when you get rich, it's because you have a surplus of money and you're like, I'm going to be more charitable with it. I'm going to mm-hmm. give money. Fuck yeah. Here's a car, bro. If all of us had more of the money that we work, instead of looking at our paycheck like, oh, mm-hmm. I hope they're bombing people with justice bombs, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever it is. They look at your check and they take a chunk. Mm-hmm. It's like, fuck. If right. you had that chunk, you would probably, if, if and you kept getting that chunk every time, you, you know, and it kept accumulating, uh, it would be easier for you to want to give to charity. It'd be easier for you to want to invest in your society, in your mm-hmm. things that aren't just you. There are people with moral proclivities that just say, no, people won't. But I know they do. Charities have built the The hospitals in my town. The challenge is um, something to keep in mind is uh, what causes greed or hoarding mentality is scarcity or a sense of scarcity. Yeah. Fear. Yeah. If you 
know that it, there's an abundance out there and you're not afraid, you won't hold so tightly on anything. Right. And that's financially, as far as income goes, the, 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 the tighter you hold on to something, um, the less likely and, and the, the more you fear the future, mm-hmm. the more tightly you're going to hold on to your, your finances and the less likely you're going to give to charity is that sense of scarcity. Yep. Um, you know, and that's where that, that comes in. If, if the sense of scarcity is removed, people are more likely to be like, sure, I got five bucks for you. That's the theory. It sounds right. Doesn't it doesn't, it? I don't, it's, it's just psychology. Yeah. Especially since, you know it's what? It's human. I mean, like, it seems to me it's just basic human psychology. Yeah. Well, the th- think about it like this. So, like, the middle class, and, the, and really there is no middle class anymore, the working class people right. and the poorest people are the ones that give to the homeless people the most. The ones that have, when I did my, you know, when you're a musician, you do a lot of cool charity work. Mm-hmm. The people in the community were not rich. Not one of them was a fucking wealthy, like, yep. I got a bunch of silver spoon money. They were all just people from that community that were like, we have to do something. Right. And they, you know, you see the homeless guy, he gets 10 bucks, he'll go to the store, break it into ones and give him a couple bucks to each of his to buddies. each of his homeless buddies, yeah. Right. And I multiply that out mm-hmm. and just give, let people keep more of their money. Like, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. If you think about what the government spends it on mm-hmm. and the fact that the that we're so far in debt, this is a whole nother conversation, that, that our taxes aren't paying for any of this shit. It's just a massive trillions of dollars of debt that's paying for this fucking weird system that we have. But people will give more if they have more. And there's no reason for the government to take so that they can, you know, I get a defense I get that. I get some of the infrastructure. The freeways are great, but we could do a better job probably if we thought about it, especially with an internet generation. But blah, blah, blah. We could reduce the spending by quite a bit. And you could keep your money and you're generous. The generosity of this country would go, which is already a very generous country, I think. We see lots of people giving money. Uh, would go up through the roof. I blame Charles Dickens. <laughs> do you? Yeah. The Scrooge. Oh, that story yeah. programmed all of us that are alive today it was to a believe. Different, it was a different time because the kind of capitalism that we've kind of all experienced has not been the one that we want. We want right. to, we don't want people cheating and using right. forces of. Well, and, and just as we all saw the cartoon and then we watched the movie as an adult and then we watched the comedy movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just that it's that concept that the guy who has the richest guy in town is actually a dick and he won't share. And we just assume that other people. We're stuck in, you bring up like a really cool point for our, another thing to look at while you're watching TV is that there's just some people that look at the world through the lens of oppressed and oppressor. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Right. It's the easiest way to look at politics is like, well, that's the bully and that's the, and so whatever the person that's being bullied does is justified and good. And I'm on their team. Right. And it's just, the world is so counterintuitive and it's so filled with nuance that like, I don't think the reasonless party should ever, ever think that way. Right. Like, you know, you shouldn't ever see yourself as a victim if you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's just normal philosophy for... The moment you see yourself as a victim, you've given up any power that you have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or any agency, mm-hmm. any responsibility. Um, okay. You brought up this one, and I think this is the best one of all. This can all be summed up with don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. Yeah. Or, and, and or, don't tread on anyone. Right. So it's very simple to, to do this. Don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff. Mm-hmm. There's another way to think about this that I want to share with you guys. And this is the last thing of the day from us. And then we're going to send you off to Shaden. And he's, who knows what he said. I'm sure it's, the wise owl speaketh again. Oh. But this is called the non-aggression aggression principle. And you will find that at the, at the root of 
most libertarian, all libertarian thought generally is going to have the non-aggression principle tied to it. And libertarian little l, just the idea of less totalitarian is what that means, not American libertarians, although they are very, very much against totalitarians. And so they do fit this, this very much. But the non-aggression principle, also called the non-aggression axiom, is the fundamental principle of morality that states any person is permitted to do everything with him, with his property, except aggression, defined as the initiation of forceful action, which, is turn, which in turn is defined as the application of threat or physical interference or fraud, any of which without consent. So you're not allowed to take people and hurt, or hurt people and take their stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not, you're, fraud is a form of aggression, uh, dishonor, the, mm, those yeah. kind of things. So yeah. uh, I just read that off of, off of Wikipedia, but a better way to think about it is just. My brain literally was like, yeah, I read that like a. I read that like a schmuck. <laughs> so I missed. I personally missed. I'd like to hear it again. I'm going to read this one. This is from a different place. The non-aggression axiom is an ethical principle often appealed to as a basis for libertarian rights theory. The principle forbids aggression, which is understood to be any and all forcible forcible interference with any individual's person or property, except in response to the initiation, including for the for most proponents of the principle, the threatening of initiation of similar forcible interference on the part of that individual. <laughs> that sounds very clinical. That's not as good either. You're not allowed to hurt people and take their <laughs> stuff. And, and you're not allowed to commit fraud. <coughs> and, and threats of violence can get to a point where it's like, you know, so right. blah, blah, blah. The, the non-aggression principle, nap. You need mm. a nap. You need to mm-hmm. chill the fuck out, world. But hopefully you guys got something out of that. I, I'm probably not the right person to explain that necessarily. But the, I think you're what you're saying. Don't tread on anyone. You uh, don't don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff. You have the right to defend yourself. Yeah, and that's it. If they hurt when you, when it comes to force. But see, if everyone followed the "don't hurt people, don't take their stuff," everyone followed those rules, you would never have a reason to defend yourself. Yeah, but then society. I think governments looked at the psychos and the sociopaths and the narcissistic weirdos, and said, "Fuck." They're getting powerful over there. What do we do? And, right. You know, Those are the cartels. And, yeah. yeah. And then it's like, well, fuck. Then we gave them this system of government where it makes them even more powerful to where we can have a thing like World War One or World War Two, mm. And we send a whole generation of our kids to die for old men who know each other. And it's like, fuck that. Mm. Fuck that. Right. So, okay. I'd say that's our show for today. As far as Monique and I, we're going to send you off to Shaden and mm. see what sort of battle plan he has for 2024's fuckery mm-hmm. in politics and remember always politics are many blood sucking parasites <laughs> many multiple now it's time for more reasonableness party but this time it's with our pool bar hey scat sex Shaden here I'm off on an adventure so consider this like my little care package for you while I'm away something that you found by the front door perhaps on a table next to your keys when you woke up wondering where I was and you couldn't find me, but you did find this little gift. I'm going to give you guys a little uh, <laughs> survival manual according to Shaden uh, for, I guess, reasonableest party guidelines according to me <laughs> headed into 2024. And uh, 
I'm going to cover some, obviously, politics, but uh, a little bit of economics, a little bit of philosophy, and uh, just a bunch of my personal bullshit opinions. And I hope there's some value to some of this for you. Most of it is just going to be my outlook on things. Uh, having been somebody who spent most of his life not wanting anything to do with the political landscape and then somebody who obsessed over it for a number of years and uh, now as I stand before you as somebody who uh, has found a bit of equilibrium between the two. So I hope you can glean something from this that is worthwhile to you and uh, if you don't, whatever. I love you anyway. So let's start digging into this I'm gonna ramble um, and we'll see where it goes and if you're wondering where I'm at and why this uh, pre-recorded stitch of me is being slapped into this week's episode I'm off uh, at Emerald City comic-con um, all of you guys who have been jumping in on the brotherly brain cell stuff I'm headed over there to uh, see some people, rub some elbows, and toss out a bunch of promo material for the Scatcast universe in general. And uh, it really seems like the demographic for the BBC specifically. A um, whole bunch of nerds packed into a space, all excited about their nerd shit for a weekend. Um, and it'll be my first time uh, going there. So we'll see how it is. But anyway. Let's get into the shit. So like I mentioned earlier, I really thought that politics was just a pageant of bullshit for the majority of my younger years, probably until I was about 25 or 26. Uh, I figured that it was just something that was meant to be used as a distraction and keep people looking at the proverbial ball while the real shit was happening elsewhere. And my philosophy um, was to not fall for that because I'm nobody's fool, goddammit. And, uh, and to go and actually focus on, on living and creating art and uh, making connections with people and having adventures. And uh, to me, that was where the real substance in life was to be found. So I didn't really pay much attention to politics and I found myself in a place in uh, my mid-twenties where I was now solidly standing in adult arenas and a lot of people were talking about political things and I felt uncomfortable because I didn't really have anything to offer. I, I had my feelings uh, and my knee-jerk reactions, um, but I didn't have, I wasn't armed with any knowledge uh, or any substance and it, it bothered me so I decided well if I'm gonna take this stance then I at least need to educate myself so that I know what the fuck is going on and can actually hold a conversation and have some merit and then if I decide that it's still a pageant of bullshit then at least I know for sure and uh, now standing here um, <clears throat> just shy of ten years later eight eight maybe nine years later I uh, I don't regret that. I don't regret having done that. I think it was an important thing for me to do, and I grew a lot from it. And I certainly learned a lot, which one would hope if you spent years with the specific intention of trying to learn something. But 
I think that there is a huge amount of value in uh, exploring things, even when they're things that you don't like or things that irritate you, make you uncomfortable, um, or, you know, maybe your ineptitude initially makes you feel insecure and inadequate. Um, dig into that shit would be my recommendation. It's your life. You're the only one living in your skin, so do what you want to do. But um, if you're looking for my recommendation, it would be to do that. Lean into it and embrace your discomfort and uh, learn as much as you can because it will serve you over time, I believe. So I guess the with all that groundwork laid, the first thing I want to talk about is... Um, political party affiliation, I guess, and the, uh, some of the blind tribalism that tends to go along with that and how it can have an effect on your life. Um, I feel that tribalism in its purest form has some utility. I mean, having, having your tribe, having your people that march to the same tune as you and, uh, ideally will have your back as you go through life, that's, that's a good thing. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, most of you guys listening, if not all of you are, are my tribe. I haven't gotten a chance to actually talk to all of you, so I'm not going <laughs> to toss out the blanket statement. Maybe some of you are psychos, but, uh, but so am I, so fuck it. But, um, so when I say tribalism, I don't want you to think that I'm just bashing on, you know, having, having, uh, being part of a herd, uh, you know, having your, your wolf pack or whatever. Um, it's not that, but there's a difference between tribalism and, and blind tribalism. And I see in the political arena, a lot of blind tribalism and it's, uh, it's dangerous. I mean, I think it's very good to be passionate about something to have conviction but I think that conviction without foundation is uh, oftentimes a pathway to atrocity uh, so it's a it's a fine line that you have to walk you have to remain <laughs> you guessed it reasonable uh, at all costs when you're engaging with groups of people that are specifically discussing beliefs and philosophies and uh gods forbid ideologies and that's what you get when when you're dealing with politics most of the time it's it's a bunch of people trying to convince other groups of people or individuals in between that their outlook on life their philosophy their ideology is the one that should be ran with and uh, i'll tell you i've found nuggets of good things um in a lot of different corners uh, of the political spectrum but I haven't found uh, a single group that I believe has all the answers or has a one-size-fits-all equation for humanity. In fact, I don't personally believe that there can be a one-size-fits-all equation for humanity. We're too fundamentally different at our core. We're all here having the same experience, but the things that make us us, the experiences that led to who we are at any given stage in our life the environments that have an effect on us. There's so much nuance to that. And I don't think that with that being the case, it's possible to create a system that works in the best interest of every single meat sack that walks the planet. So, um, that's a valuable thing to keep in mind, in my opinion, because, uh, it's, it's easy to so easy 
to let other people do your thinking for you. It kind of removes some of the responsibility in your mind. It might even remove some of the consequence of, uh, well, if it ends up being wrong, I was just going along with what the group said. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't me. I don't have to shoulder the blame all by myself. It was my whole group. Right. Um, but that's lazy. And I think deep down, if you really take a look inside, you know, it's lazy and, uh, it's, it's not an enriching way to go through life. And, um, I think that it's a far better path to take to find your own way and resist that that deep need to feel like you belong it's uh it's like a lot of other feelings um it's it's good when you have it but if it becomes the end goal then i think you've lost uh you've lost the plot a little bit you've gotten a little bit lost in your scope because uh chasing chasing any given feeling uh as a state of being is just not rational behavior as far as i'm concerned um so if you find places where you belong good for you but be prepared for that to potentially change and uh and do your best not to compromise yourself and and your heart and your soul um to fit in with any given group um yeah so anyway um i guess one other thought before i leave that little topic um this is a notion that was introduced to me some time ago and it's something that really stuck with me and if any of you can find some value in it uh, I'm gonna toss it at your feet so do with it what you will but someone told me that um, when it comes to caring what other people think about you it's kind of a silly exercise if you sit down and think about it because how do you know what people think about you it's rare that somebody will straight up tell you what they think about you and even when they do it's usually fueled by emotion or it's veiled behind half truths or euphemisms so it's really 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 difficult to actually know for certain what anybody thinks of you so that being the case if you are going through life constantly worried about what other people are thinking of you really what you're doing is imagining what they are thinking of you and so you are creating an imaginary version of that person of those people and then using them as a vehicle to think shitty things at yourself or to self-aggrandize and uh, that's kind of mental behavior when you frame it that way um, because you you can't know so you're really just playing pretend and and playing these mental gymnastics as an excuse to think things at yourself on other people's behalf. And it could even go so far as to affecting your opinion of that person when what you're imagining, this imaginary construct of them that you made, might not even be thinking, probably isn't thinking the things that you're thinking they are thinking. Let me say thinking a few more times. Thinking, 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 thinking. You see what I mean, though? Um, That struck me when I was first told about it because I I know me and I know my mind and the way it operates and if any of you are like me uh, which I know at least a few of you are from talking to you um, your mind will jump at the opportunity to be unkind 
to you. <laughs> uh, so if you allow yourself to engage in that behavior and, and just stay in this zone of cognitive dissonance where you're convincing yourself that other people think this thing about you or believe that thing about you, um, and you're really just kind of torturing yourself, aren't you? So food for thought. Moving on. So let's talk about uh, where you get your information, because this is something that you're going to run into when you start uh, running around in political circles and having these conversations. Um, people are going to ask you, well, what, where do you get your news? What are your sources? Where did you read that? Who did that study? Whatever the, whatever the thing might be, um, people are going to want to know what your sources are or uh, it could even be as simple as you've never really decided to look seriously into the realm of politics and you don't really know where to look which is totally fair because nor did I when when I first started to really dig into it and uh, I wish I could just give you a simple answer like oh simply go and listen to CNN they are a bastion of truth and wisdom but uh, they're not in my opinion, and I think in any reasonable person's opinion, um, nor are any of the other big networks for that record. And I guess that's the first thing I would say if you want my dumbass advice uh, about it is um, whenever an organization becomes too big, reaches a certain size, starts garnering a certain amount of profit and starts fearing losing said profit, their credibility almost always goes out the window as far as I'm concerned. Um, and they may, they may have moments of lucidity where you can grab something that they say and go, Oh, that's actually true. Nice. But you shouldn't assume that it's true is my point. Um, any, any big outlet, no matter what their alignment is, you have to remember they have an agenda and they're catering to, uh, whatever fan base <laughs> or demographic that they have accrued in their, in their, span of existence so i guess my big point there is grain of salt and i'll run with that a bit further and say take uh, a grain of salt with any source whether it's an individual that's giving you an anecdote or uh, a small independent journalist operation all the way on up to you know bigger conglomerates of uh, broadcasting entities just just remember that it's always wise to remain skeptical and I would take it a step further than that and say it's also wise to remain less than agreeable at your baseline and what do you mean by that Shaden? well I mean I mean I'm not saying just go out and be argumentative for the sake of being argumentative but I think if you had to lean towards one pole or the other it's wiser to lean towards not just nodding your head and going oh okay or oh yeah that sounds reasonable um or just have a knee-jerk reaction or cultivate the capability to have a knee-jerk reaction when you're presented with new information from any source to look at it and go hmm that's interesting i don't know and i'm not going to sign on with any of it until i have a chance to go and find out and seek more information um People that are trying to convince you of things that, that want you in their team, uh, they're not going to like it when, when you say that. Um, they're going to, they may, I'm not going to say they're going to, but they may 
label you, you know, a fence sitter or call you milk toast or just say that you're, you know, your inaction is, is just lending to the greater problem. You know, your inability to immediately decide what side of the fence you're on is making you part of the problem. I personally disagree with that philosophy. I think that hasty decisions and, uh, and hasty alliances that are formed, uh, can cause incredible amounts of damage and I don't think that it helps people to grow as individuals. So, um, my advice for what it's worth is, um, when you're looking for sources, um, maintain that skepticism and, uh, that air of being a, a little bit less than agreeable. Don't be a douchebag. There's no reason to be, but you know, just don't, don't take things at face value until you've had a chance to go and check it out. And uh, if you want sources that you can dig into, I personally would encourage you to don't look for a source that is your Bible or a handful of sources that are your Bible on anything. Find instead an issue or a facet of of something that you want that, that matters to you and then go and try to find a bunch of different slants on that issue from, from all, as many angles as you can get your hands on. And that's time consuming. So you're not going to be able to do it with everything. Um, but if it matters to you, start there uh, look for some independent journalists and, uh, you know, people that are actually there in the thick of whatever the thing that you're interested in, uh, in the middle of what's going on. Those, those are the people that I'm inclined to listen to personally because they're fucking there. <laughs> they can see it and they can show it to you oftentimes. So it's hard to, it's hard to slant that very hard because it's, it's right there. You can draw your own conclusion and that's what I personally prefer. So if, if you were hoping for me to be like this, this person is who you should follow and they have all the answers. Sorry, I can't give it to you. Um, I just don't think life's supposed to be that easy. Um, but look grab an issue and uh and go go find people that are connected to it and people that don't smell like they have an agenda that they're trying to thrust on you and they're just using that as a vehicle for that agenda and uh and see where you end up and even after you do that it's probably safe to assume that you're either wrong or don't have all the information but you should at least have enough by that point to develop an opinion that has merit and be able to engage with other people in conversation that also care about it. And then you can compare perspectives and, uh, and just continue to cultivate your opinion from there. So anyway, that's, that's my thoughts and my little crash course on, on where to get your information and, and how to approach it when you do. Moving on. So let's talk uh, money just a little bit. I know everybody loves talking about finances, but it's another thing that I dug into um, later in my life than I wished I would have. And I don't claim to be an expert. Certainly don't take financial advice from me. My goal here is not to tell you how to set up your 401k or what Roth IRA to get involved with or whether you should be dumping money into index funds or high yield savings accounts or blah, blah, blah. I'm not the guy. Okay. I'm not the guy to tell you what to do with, with your money. At the end of the day, it's your call. Um, I'm just going to give you a little bit of insight that I have gained that has served me well so far. Um, because 
let's face it, if you live in the States like I do, the economic situation is fucking whack right now. And it's unfortunately not showing signs of, of rapid improvement anytime in the near future. So I just felt like it was worth tossing out a few of these kernels um, for anybody that might need to hear them or is just feeling discouraged by the whole thing. Um, because I know I have. There's been times where I'm like, fuck, why am I even playing this game? This is stupid. <laughs> and in some sense it is. But I think there are some little tricks that you can do and some things you can keep in mind that will at least help you um, be a little bit ahead of the game as compared to your average person. So I guess the biggest uh, thing that I've learned that has helped me stress about money less is not to keep it all in one basket, right? The old saying, don't keep all your eggs in one basket. Well, that's a saying because if you drop the fucking basket, you have no more eggs because they were all in there. <laughs> but if you had tucked some in your coat pocket and you had some riding in your hood and you had a few in the basket and you had a couple in your other hand, if you drop the basket, well, fuck, you lost some eggs, but you've got some other ones stashed away, right? It seems like simple logic, but it's astonishing to me how many people don't apply that logic to their finances. I certainly didn't for the majority of my life. Um, and I have for the last several years and, uh, it just, <clears throat> excuse me. It just takes uh, a lot of the stress out of my finances for me. Um, not that I have shit loads of money laying around that I can toss in a bunch of different places, but even if you have 500 bucks that is not spoken for, you know, if you're, if that's what you've been able to stash away, um, after your bills get paid and you get a little bit of fun money, then take that 500 bucks. And, you know, just as an example, toss a hundred bucks cash in your safe. It's not going to grow there, but also nobody's going to take it. And if you have a good safe, your house could burn down and you'll still have that hundred bucks, you know? <laughs> um, and then keep some in, uh, in your bank account, you know, and, and toss some into, uh, a different savings account, maybe even with a different institution. Um, maybe you just want to throw some of it into, um, a stock that you just picked because you're like, well, I like this company and, uh, I'd like to own a piece of it, toss it in there. I mean, depending on how it goes, it might shrink or it might grow, but you can still pull it out. You can sell that stock and pull it back out. And if something happens to your safe or your bank account or your savings account, that'll still be there, right? That's the whole point of, of what I'm driving at here is if you take your money that you have, that's sitting for whatever reason, whether you've saved it or you just came into it, um, split it up stick it different places um fucking squirrels do it right <laughs> they're not sticking all their nuts in in one big stash that they could just lose when when some bigger animal comes along and goes ooh, payday uh they they bury nuts and shit all over the place and they forget where they put half of them try not to do that with your money but you know <laughs> it's still better than losing the whole chunk right right okay um enough about that another thing before we leave the the money stuff um again take it for what it's worth i don't fucking know i'm not an expert but this is another thing that uh has served me well especially over the last few years um it's pretty obvious if you pay any attention that there are certain people in uh our country, the United States, and I'm sure this bears out for other countries as well. I just can't speak to it from experience, but there are certain people that 
have access to insider information on this market or that market or the economy in general. And uh, they're still, for whatever reason, allowed to heavily invest into the stock market. And uh, yes, it's fucked up and whatever. We don't have to get into that whole debate right now. Um, But my point in bringing it up is that if you find out who those people are in your country or in your economy, wherever that might be, if you find out who those people are, try to monitor what it is that they're doing with their money. In the States, a lot of that shit is public record for the most part. I mean, there's backdoor deals everywhere, right? But I mean, if you want to know what some, some of these high ranking senators or government officials or banking people, you know, tycoons, if you will, if you want to know what they're doing, whether they're buying stocks or selling stocks or liquidating property, you can find that out. We have the internet. You can, you can literally go and find out. You can keep an eye on it. So if you decide to have your, some of your money sitting somewhere and then you see one of these fuckers just all of a sudden liquidating their shit and getting out of wherever it is that you have your money in a similar place, maybe think about getting it the fuck out of there because there's a good chance that they know something that you don't. And uh, rather than sitting around and going, Whoa, I hope nothing bad happens. Then fucking just pull it out, stick it somewhere else. That's not there. Right. See what happens. Worst case, false alarm. You stick it back in later. Best case, ooh, dodged a bullet. Right. Right. Okay. Enough said on that. Nobody likes talking about money. I get it. But those are just two things that have been on my mind a shit ton lately. And, uh, I care about you guys, so I figured I'd shoot it across your bow. Uh, Take it for what it's worth. So let's talk uh, elections, right? Whenever you get into politics, it's impossible to avoid conversations about voting. Um, And I have some mixed opinions on voting in general, but I guess the main thing I wanted to highlight is if you want to cast your vote in a direction where it has the most likely probability of actually affecting your day-to-day life uh, one way or the other, focus that energy on local elections, whether it's for the town that you live in, the city that you live in, the county that you live in, or the state that you live in. Those are the levels I'm talking about. State politics have corruption too. All politics has corruption as far as I'm concerned. Government is just ass at the end of the day, uh, in most ways, in my opinion, as you guys know, if you've listened to the show, but, um, when it comes to voting for things in your city, that's a place where your vote can actually make a difference on your day to day life. Like how much money, uh, gets paid in taxes to help your kids go through school or, you know, have meals or be able to ride the bus or, uh, how, whether or not your, your roads are getting repaired or how much money is going towards, um, homeless shelters. I mean, the list goes on all that stuff, uh, tends to get voted on in, in the place that you live. And, uh, they're not going to hunt you down and beg you to vote. I mean, somebody might come knock on your door and try to rep their candidate, Um, or you might get a little piece of something in the mail going, Hey, remember to vote, the votes coming up, but like, nobody's going to come and hold your nose to the grindstone and make you look into these issues and figure out whether your vote is, has a potential of swaying it one way or the other. But whether you do or don't do that, 
there's still going to be outcomes of those elections and uh, it still stands a very solid chance of affecting your life. So if you don't have any stomach for federal politics, which believe me, I don't blame you if that's how you feel that way. I still, I said it earlier <laughs> that I used to think it was a pageant of bullshit that was mostly a distraction and didn't have much value beyond that. Even after educating myself for years, I still kind of feel that way if I'm being honest. Um, and you're, you're just a far smaller drop in the bucket when it comes to federal politics, unfortunately. And, uh, that's leaving aside the whole mechanism of the electoral college and blah, blah, blah. But, um, if you want to vote federally, I'm certainly not encouraging you not to do that. But if you only have so much energy to spend on, on researching politics and you actually want to make a difference that's going to affect your ecosystem, my advice is to spend that energy uh, locally, spend it on your city, your town, your, your county, your state, um, look into that stuff. And even if that way, even if shit doesn't go the way that you want it to, you at least know what the fuck is up and you can, you can watch out for it in the future. And, uh, yeah, anyway, that's all I have to say about that. So I think second to last thing before I shut the hell up and, uh, let you guys get on with some other shit. Um, I, I want to talk about, uh, this is kind of a two pronged thing. Um, these are some tips that I have for you on remaining reasonable, regardless of political outcome. Um, if you start looking into politics, uh, you're going to probably get to a point where you feel very invested in some facet of it. Like some, you'll get fired up about something and that's not a bad thing in and of itself, but you'll, you'll direct a bunch of energy towards it. You'll get passionate. You'll, you'll, you'll want to, you know, do whatever it is that you want to do to fight for the change that you hope to see. Um, but there's going to come a time where you do that and, uh, shit doesn't go your way and it can be a tough pill to swallow. Believe me. I know I've been there. And, um, one solution is to just not get too emotionally attached to any of it, but sometimes you can't help it. And sometimes I think it is good to become emotionally attached to, to some of these things because that just means that they matter, you know, and it's hard for something to matter if you don't have some emotion attached to it. But there's going to come a time where you, you feel convicted about something and it comes down to a vote or some decision made by some people in suits in a closed room and it's not going to go your way. And I've watched personally in my life, some of my associates, I've, I've lost a couple of friendships over, over this shit, you know, and when I was trying to tell people, Hey, like, it's okay. I mean, it's not okay, but like life is going to go on and we, that doesn't mean that it'll be this way forever. You know, like we will have another chance to try and tackle this. And, uh, it, I don't know. I don't want to get too far in the weeds on that, but you, you get my point. And so I guess tip number one, uh, and the primary tip that I have for you for remaining reasonable, regardless of political outcome is, uh, is exactly what I just said. View it in the light that this is not just the way that life is going to be permanently for now. Um, there's going to come a time where the landscape will shift and uh, either that thing won't matter as much as it once did or it'll matter perhaps more than it did and people will have seen that the way that it went was not what they wanted after all and you'll have another chance to tackle it. So um, 
if you let it just consume you and, and poison the well and <laughs> ruin your life and destroy your friendships and your family connections, that's, that's not, that's not you winning anything. That's you losing at the end of the day. And, uh, I would caution you guys because I care about you to do whatever you can to avoid that. Keep shit in perspective. You know, nothing is the end of the world unless it's literally the end of the world, in which case you won't have to worry about it too much because the world will be over. <laughs> you feel me? Um, and I guess the second little tip I have, uh, before I leave that fork of this is, um, sometimes things not going the way that you hope they will can be a good thing in the long run. In the short run, it might be ass, but there, you have to understand a lot of people will look at an issue and think they want a certain outcome. Um, but they don't understand it to perhaps the level that you do, uh, because you were super invested in it. And so it may have gone the way that you hoped it didn't, but over the course of time, people will see what the actual outcome of it is. And if it was truly something that should have been opposed, fair bet that a lot of people are going to look at it down the line and go, what the fuck? This is not, this isn't it. This is not the answer. And that's, that's a great time for you to be able to have some conversations with people and be like, yeah, I agree. I kind of felt that way before, but I'm not here to say, I told you so. I'm just saying, Hey, why don't we tackle this better next time around? Right. Unless you want to keep dealing with this. How, why, how about we tackle it better? Let's figure out a better way. Um, all that's easier said than done. I know, but just some tidbits for you to keep rattling around in your brain case um, that, that might help you stay a little bit more sane because not everything's going to go your way. It's just the way that life is. So equipping yourself with some little tools in your belt to, to cope <laughs> better and remain productive, uh, it's worth it. Anyways, that leads me to um, the last thing. I think I'm going to go ahead and, and wrap it up after this little thing. But um I guess this is what I want to leave you with uh, above all is remember that politics, no matter how deep you get into it and how invested you might be, politics is not the be all end all of life. Um, and it's not worth allowing it to consume you. Um, I think that basing your identity, like we talked about in the first point with, with mindless tribalism basing your identity off of any sort of political party or alignment is uh shallow and it's robbing you of some things in life and uh you know thinking that politics is going to be the answer to any given problem and and believing that and then blaming politics and other people when things don't go the way that you believe that they should that's just going to sit like acid in your gut and uh, it's going to it's going to poison you know your garden at the end of the day oftentimes if it goes unchecked so no matter how deep you get into this i think uh this is the essence of our little thought exercise that we call the reasonableist party is if you allow yourself to become consumed by all of that and you lose yourself in the soup that's not reasonable behavior and that's what we want to avoid uh if at all possible and it is possible you just got to stay mindful and resist that urge to belong let other people do your thinking for you becoming so invested that you can't cope when things don't go your way um or you you take a big blow because of some economic or political shift and it affects your life in a negative way all of that is survivable in in most cases and uh 
the the world isn't going to end. Your life isn't going to end. Things may be more challenging, but challenge is how we grow, right? So do your best, you guys, to remain reasonable. There's going to be a lot of madness this year, I bet. And uh, we've already seen some of it. And I think it's just going to ramp up the closer we get to the end of the year. And the more of us that can stay reasonable, the more of us that can stay uh, argumentative when it counts and not just take the things that are spoon fed to us by people that are trying to push agendas that don't serve us. They don't really give a shit about us. The vast majority of them just view us as numbers on a page. It's just, you know, lint that lines their pockets. Um, so don't, don't treat them like a pantheon of gods. Don't treat them like a religion. Don't treat them like your favorite sports team. They're not on your team. Even, even when they seem like they are at the end of the day, they don't know you. They're not going to look out for you like you will. They're not going to look out for you like the people in your life that actually know you and are invested in what goes on with you and care about you. If you want to spend your energy being dedicated to something, be dedicated to that shit. Be dedicated to your community that has proven it actually gives a shit about you and that you can invest in and actually see direct results from, right? So anyway, that's all I got, you guys. I'm going to shut up now. Half of you are probably mad at me, but that's okay. I love you anyway. I want you guys to succeed. I'm stoked that you are a part of my life and I am honored to be a part of yours. And, uh, I'm going to go and rip it up at Comic-Con now and be a nerd and not think about politics at all for this fucking weekend. So enjoy the thought fodder and I will see you next time on Just a Ride when I'm back with Mr. and Mrs. Cryptkeeper and uh, can't wait. Bye. Thanks for checking out the Scatcast Network. Check out the dipshit files with Mrs. Scriptkeeper Wednesdays on the Scatcast Network, and you can check out Shaden and Will. The brotherly brain cell. Doing the brotherly brain cell. Playing them games. Every Sunday, and you probably know about my bullshit at this point, but Tuesdays and Thursdays you can find me doing stupid shit, and of course there's a Patreon show as well. Lots of bullshit for you to enjoy. As always, we'll talk at you in the future. Don't seem like the present, bye. It's just a ride. Bing, Bing. Bong. Bong.